Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the Al Franken podcast ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Hey, everybody. Uh, We've got a great one today with a basketball player, you know, For a change, Bill Walton, uh, the uh, NBA Hall of Famer. He was named one of the top 75 NBA players in the 75-year history of of the NBA. And I know uh, I've I've gotten to know Bill over the decades because he and I are both uh, big deadheads, uh, huge deadheads. He more than me. Uh, he's been to over a thousand shows. I've been to maybe 50, 60 shows. Um, funny story. Uh, Bernie Cahill, the manager uh, for the, uh, for the Grateful Dead told me once that, uh, when sometimes, you know, uh, important people, uh, want tickets and he has to kind of give them good tickets. And but if someone like is a kind of a little bit of a jerk about it and keeps insisting on great seats, he all he Bernie told me he always put them uh, uh, right behind uh, Bill, right behind Walden, who's six uh, eleven. And I enjoy that story. Uh, uh, as I said, I've known uh, Bill. Uh, he's a, a very very. You'll find he's an extremely energetic guy, but. There was a point, and he he's written the uh, he wrote this book a few years ago, uh, back from the dead, and it has a, a kind of a dead uh, Grateful Dead uh, theme to it, and uh, it starts off when he is literally on the floor on his back at his lowest point and uh in tremendous pain and it was like this for about four and a half years and finally had some back surgery that saved his life essentially and he was uh at his very bottom and i think you'll see uh from uh from this uh, our conversation that boy, that's not, he's a, a very, very uh, passionate, optimistic, uh, wonderful, wonderful guy. And I know that you're going to uh, enjoy this. Um, Bill Walden, and he's a good friend. You'll see uh, he says some really nice things about me uh, to the point where I'm a little embarrassed, but I can edit 
That's the thing. We can edit this. So, no, you'll hear some of it, but uh, it's probably eight to ten times that amount. <laughs> and so it's a little embarrassing. But uh, you're going to – this one is is just a delightful one uh, with a basketball Hall of Famer, you know, for a change. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me learn real-life conversation in German. For example, let's say you wanted to order soup with your dinner. Die Suppe würde mir auch gefallen. That means the soup. <laughs> that, means, that means I would also like the soup. And that way, I get soup with dinner. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now... Get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash franken. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash franken, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash franken. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hey, Bill. Yeah, here we go. Man, I've been looking for you. I've been searching for the bright side of the road for so long and all that hits me. I'm just bombarded with evil every single day. Please. I need a vaccine. I need a vaccine for hypocrisy. I need a vaccine for nonsensical absurdity. Please. I need another book. Well, man, we've got to get rid of the big fat idiots. We got to get rid of the lying liars and the lying. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for remembering. I'm looking for a giant who I can stand on their shoulders and try to do something positive once in my life here. I'm looking for the truth. And here I am sitting here finally finding my great friend, the true giant among us, Al Franken. I don't know if people realize it, but uh, Bill just hit every one of my number one New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> now you use you. I'm you, a fan. I'm I a know fan you are. And I love you. And I just can't believe that you're not in my life every single day. So I just have all these books and I have all these recordings and I have all these videos and I have everything that just kind of brings it all together for me. But then the minute I step outside, I'm just bombarded. I, I mean, I try so hard to wake up in the morning and do something positive to help the world be better. 
And I live by the motto of be better, do better, do more. And then every single day, man, I just come across people that like they wake up in the morning and they want to do the worst thing in the world. So I am so glad to be on this screen. I just want to reach out and just give you a big hug and just say thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, we need more energy, Bill. Well, I'm fired up. <laughs> uh, I love you, man. We we've uh, go way back. And, what do you want to talk about? So, well, I want to talk about your your back. My back. My spine is doing fantastic. Now, it wasn't always the way. It wasn't always the case because I broke my spine when I was 21, and I was at UCLA and I was playing. And Some I was asshole undercut you, right? I was high above the basket, man. I love being high above the basket, man. I love just traveling around up there and flying and having the grand old time. So here I was, I was undercut, and it was just an awful situation. And I flipped over and I landed flat on my back on a tartan floor, the innovation of the day, right? We're going to make this better. Let's just have these guys who were used to playing on wood, which is flexible, which is giving, which has got the two or three inch cushion under of air underneath it. Let's just make it a solid rubber slab. I mean, it was basically like what you would hope they would put down instead of fossil fuel asphalt right and so although the, the plastics are fossil fuels too i mean we got to somehow find a way to get rid of all this stuff and so here it was that i broke my spine and i spent 11 days in the hospital and then i got up and things were really never the same for me again and i just sort of but you played that year after yeah, I breaking 11, your back I played 11 days later i broke yes. my back on january 7th 1974 not that i remember the date and then the next time I played was January 19th, 1974. And we lost the 88-game winning streak that day. Not that I remember the date or the details or the facts. But, you know, it's, it's hard to play basketball with a broken back. No, you start the book. You're, on, you're flat on your back. You're depressed. You don't think you're going to ever get off your back. But there was no yeah. reason for me to believe I was going to get better. You know, I needed to kill myself because there was just no hope. Because the... The, the path to happiness in life is your health, your family, your team, your home, your sanctuary, and then the hope and dream that tomorrow is going to be better. And while my family had stayed with me and stayed there, we still had our home. That was tenuous. It's all tenuous when you lose your health. It's tragic in America. The way you put, put it out in Giant of the Senate when you talked about that, you know, the health care challenges that our country faces and is just uh, embarrassing and, and, and disgraceful and ma- ma- magnificent. And I was ready to vote right then and there. I was ready to march. I was ready to show up and, you know, just maybe get an Al Franken tattoo across my forehead there and everything. But uh, I had lost everything, including my dignity, my self-respect. And, and, and I had no hope and dream that it was going to be better. And, and I had no idea how hard this journey would be. I had no idea that it had, had a chance of working. And when you have a bad back, you are bombarded by people who will tell you, it's over. There's no hope possible. Don't have back surgery. It'll only make things worse. And I had no idea the advances, the technological, the scientific, the medical advances that have been made in spine surgery and in all of health. And so the only thing I can say to everybody else, and I say this on a constant basis, when something's wrong, go tell somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, you got surgery from uh, somebody. Steve Garfin, Dr. Steve Garfin, UC San Diego Health, saved my life. Little tiny guy from the Midwest like John Wooden, but a true giant just like you. 
you know, a little tiny guy from the Midwest, from Minnesota, Steve. Oh, yeah. yeah, came to San Diego in the late 60s and it just and just changed all of our lives. You describe what you were going through then, and that right. was a bottom, a long lasting bottom. That wasn't four and a half years. Yeah. It had been a progressive thing. It wasn't like one moment. There was one moment, February 24th, 2008, not that I remember the date. There was one moment when I could no longer go. I could no longer move. I could no longer get off the ground. But there was a long series of, of years and years of just agony with the birth defects in my feet, the knee injuries that suffered from being taken down, and just and then living in a and then the broken spine when I was 21, and then living in a world built for preschool children. You know, when, 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 you, when you're at home, when you're at home, you're on your bike or you're in the gym, you know, everything fits. But when, you, you know, try being 6'11 and being on an airplane every day, try being 6'11 yeah. and trying to check, try to check into a hotel. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Walton. We only have a, a, a single bed. And the shower, oh, the you know, the ceiling in the shower is only six five. <laughs> and the toilet is six inches off the ground. And, this, and the mirror only goes up to somebody who is six four. And so in the closets, and you have to you have to duck it through every single I door. thought it'd be funny if we did this whole interview with your head just just the lower you just you're you, above you the screen. You want me to do that? You want me to put yeah. it like <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> I love Al Franken. Oh my gosh. I, I'm finding I'm finding the bright side of the road, although you keep taking me back to all these dark days. But suicide is and mental health issues are very, very serious. And you know, as an athlete, you train yourself, you know, that you know, I can do this and I'm gonna make it. Uh, and then when your body fails, man, and and there's and you're no very way. physically active. I know you love biking and you're so physically well, active well, now. I'm 69 years old. But I'm doing fantastic. And when you're old and in the way like I am, you're in a situation where there's three things you can do. There's three things. You're in the water, in the pool, in the weight room, and on your bike. And I do all those three things. Now, in the pool, everything's great. When you're on, in the weight room, everything is great because, you know, you're in a controlled environment and, and, and you got the music going and, you know, bright side of the road, see what love can do. And, all you know, everybody, Neil Young and John Fogarty and Bob Dylan, and it just keeps rolling. Right. And, and you just and, I and think I got, we're the same generation. I, feel. I got the bike race. <laughs> I got the bike race there up on my on, on my uh, streaming service. And it's just fantastic. But then, you know, I, I do fly on the airplanes. And, and when you ride your bike. And when you fly on airplanes, you see the best of humanity and you also see the worst of humanity. And it's just, I, I feel just awful. I feel awful for the flight attendants because uh, there is no more confined space other than, than uh, isolation in a prison than being on an airplane. And, and so here are the, these flight attendants who work so darn hard and they always have this, you know, smile on their face and everything, but the flight attendants, you know, they have the third worst job in the history of the world. Okay. You know, the, the, the second worst job <laughs> is the guy that does my travel. And then <laughs> and the guy who, and the, and the worst job of all is my wife, Lori, because, uh, but she's still here after all these years. She trains service dogs, right? Yes, she does. But she had to stop. When the children left, so we had four children, right? And then, and, and nine grandchildren. And then my older brother died. 
You know, he was a football player and he had just tons and tons of health issues. The last couple of years were terrible. And just before the pandemic, he just, he couldn't make it anymore. And so he had two adult children who were same age as our adult children. And so we adopted them and their five granddaughters. So now Lori and I, we have uh, six children and 14 grandchildren. And, uh, and up until the point where the children, uh, you know, were really gone, you know, when, when they left home, Lori had started taking the responsibility of raising service dogs. And then when, when I went down on the 24th of February, 2008, then she had to stop because taking care care of me was a full-time job. Now she's fully invested in the program still, but not raising the dogs themselves. And right now she's involved with this organization called freedom dogs, which provides free service. All all the organizations provide the free service dogs. I mean, and that's why the fundraising is so necessary constantly. And so, but this current organization focuses on our military personnel. Because sadly, in our country, more service personnel in our country commit suicide than die in combat. And so by far, by far. Well, Lori raises a service dog to present to the service people who are coming back, who are fighting for us and doing sacrificing everything in their lives. And so they get the service dog and they reestablish the connection with the team, with the communication. There is nothing as valuable as the team, man, because the team, the family, the group, the guys, I mean, they'll carry you when you're down. It's like a bike race. You know, the guy who wins the bike race, he, he, he's totally indebted to everybody that helps him. Well, you know, my first piece of legislation right. was to do a study on the uh, benefits of service dogs with vets with PTSD. Right. And we matched 200 dogs with 200 vets. And it took the study that was supposed to be a three-year study took 10 years, but the results were that the return on investment is huge. And because of that, they just passed, I wasn't there for this, the PAWS Act, but it means that uh, vets with PTSD are going to be able to get service dogs. One of the reasons I love you is you do stuff like that. But I've already told you that I Thank love you. you on this show. Yes. And so but one of the reasons that I love the NBA <laughs> is that their studies are not long-term studies. They get all the smartest people together and they say, okay, we got a problem. How are we going to fix this? And by the time they end the conversation, they're on their way to the solution and the ability to change on the fly. I mean, that's what the players do during the course of the game. You make your adjustments, you make your different calculations, you, you change your strategy, but you don't need to practice strategy. You need to practice skill. And so when you're out there playing, you know, the strategy comes up and you, in, 10 or 20 seconds, you figure out what you got to do next. And that's where you got to have really smart people. And the NBA got a lot of that. Let's talk about uh, the final four now we, has been established. Yeah. yeah. I've been watching as much as I can. I, uh, There's a lot um, of it. There's a lot of it. Up there there is a lot of it. And one of the things that's sad to me is that they play the women's games at the same time as the men's games. Yeah, that's silly. And, and so it, it sort of changes <laughs> the women, and that's it just does. right because it while really, they're running ads saying the NC, we don't we don't have enough uh, airtime for the women, right? But but the games are played at the same time, and it's well, just I, it, it, it's yeah. frustrating as can be because I love women's basketball, and I particularly love the Stanford team. 
And I, I had gone to Stanford years and years ago as a graduate student when I was told I would never play basketball. And so I have a, a, a direct affinity with Stanford. And then one of our children went to Stanford graduate school as well after going to Princeton undergrad. I love Ivy League basketball and I love women's basketball and I really love Princeton basketball and I really love Stanford women's basketball. The way they play, the way they play, the style. If you're ever feeling bad about life, then just turn on the TV and watch Tara Vanderveer's women's Stanford team play because they are a thing of beauty. They're the defending champions and they're playing in the final four right now. And it's just going to be, it's going to be spectacular. Now the, the South Carolina, Dawn Staley, they got a, a terrific team different than Stanford. The Stanford players are smaller. They're very much the way that John Wooden was looking for the players that he had, particularly in the early days. You know, things changed for Coach Wooden when Kareem showed up. And, and <laughs> Kareem, Kareem never played a game in his life, never, where he wasn't the number one focus of the other team. But it wasn't always like that. So, you know, Coach Wooden, he, he had these, he had one, he had two teams, two championship teams, and the tallest guy on the team was 6'5. Uh, wow. But then he had Kareem for three years. He had Sidney Wicks for two years. And I was 6'11". We're going to take a break for a moment. We'll be right back. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's turn to the, the men's, if, if that's okay, because yeah, come in. my son-in-law went to Duke. Yeah. So he's, and, uh, Duke has the best team. And they have the best players. And one thing that Coach Wooden was really in, and so much of my whole foundation, so much of my whole philosophy comes from John Wooden and Chick Hearn, who were the incredible people who created the culture and why basketball is popular in Southern California. And, you know, here was Chick on the air every single day. And here right. was John Wooden, who woke up every single day and said, hey, what's, what can I do to make the world a better place? And he used the vehicle of the platform of sports and basketball in particular, although baseball was his number one love. But he, he just used that to promote <laughs> positive values that we try to create, implement, absorb, and, and then spread in our own personal lives. You know, find the bright side of the road and see what love can do. Which are the songs that you kept telling me to turn off before we started this show? Because I, I listen to music on a constant basis. How many, how many dead concerts have you been to? Not enough. I mean, I, I've been okay. over a thousand. Oh, I, okay. I started going when I was 15. And it was, it, that was 1967, two so years ago. So I've after. seen you at many, many a concert. Right. And so. How could uh, you tell it was me? 
for the, the same reason that this, this story is hilarious. So Bernie <laughs> Cahill, the man, yeah. he told me that when some kind of important guy uh, kept demanding really great tickets to the concert, right? Bernie would finally just give him the seat behind you. The worst seat in the house. <laughs> yes. But, I'm standing up. And because I'm you stand up the whole time. I stand up the whole time. Everybody now, knows where Walton is. So there were times, <laughs> there, were, there were years when I couldn't stand up because of my health issues. Yeah. Now I can stand up again. And so it's fit to be back in the pit, although Lori can't stand the pit because she's standing there at a naval height for everybody else. Oh, that's right. Lori oh, is much. Uh, she is much. She's the true giant in our family. When I walk through the crowd looking for my space, right, where I'm going to find the spot that I'm going to stop, I can hear him talking. Don't stop here. I hope he doesn't stop here. Please keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just tell folks from your point of view about the dead. It's so fun and it's so happy and it's so inspirational. It's so educational. It's so full of all the things that I believe in in life. People working together, people searching, searching for something that's better, that's purer, that is uh, a, a kinder, a kinder, gentler uh, world as it can, could, and should be. And I'm a deadhead. We are everywhere and we are everyone. And so as you go through life, and and, and I constantly uh, mentor young people, and that's one of the reasons why I love broadcasting college basketball games, because I get to spend my days on college campuses. I get to spend my day with college student athletes, guys and women who were trying to to make it and trying to create this world that, that they can survive and thrive in and be happy and build their own families and all the things that we've already done in our lives. And so... Uh, with with the Grateful Dead, I found it the very first time I went. I was 15 years old, and I and I, I got there, and I just couldn't believe how happy everybody was, and, and and how full of and full of hope and joy and optimism that hey man, we're gonna make it. It's gonna happen. And then the music starts starts right, and everybody and everybody just starts smiling even more and growing taller and just just so full of, of everything good. And then the music stops, and everybody looks around and says, "Where and when is the next show?" And let's get going to that too. Well, the thing about the dead that I think. Uh, uh, some people don't understand. First of all, the songs are brilliant, but it's just the most. I mean, to me, it, it, it's all a, a thing. It's all inspiring to be there. It's healing, too. It's healing. And it, and it gives me confidence. To me, all the songs, no matter how they play them, it's different to me because I'm a different person. I'm a different person every time I go because different things well, have, heavy, happened man. Have, have happened to me that <laughs> okay. day. And I'm okay. in a different mood. And, and, and I've had something great happen. I've had something terrible happen. And it's just the, the mixture of, of... So I prepare for the shows. I mean, I get ready to make sure... I prepare for the show <laughs> the same way I prepare for coming on your show, the same way I prepare for going on a you television. Did. You came, you came, you burst... With well, references, I, I, I'm ready, man. And so, because the, 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 I want, I want to be healed. You know, when I come in your presence, I want to absorb everything that I possibly can. And the same thing with the Grateful Dead, or Bob Dylan, or Neil Young, John Fogarty, or Jimmy Cliff, or endless Jackson Brown, Beach Boys, Rolling Stones. 
Bruce Springsteen. It's an endless list. And, and they're all still going. And I couldn't be happier. And I'm so glad that the pandemic, we're starting to learn how to live with that. But I just don't understand. I mean, I'm looking for a vaccine against hypocrisy. I'm looking for a vaccine against absurd uh, nonsense. And, and, and so but, but all I'm getting right now is a vaccine for COVID. Can I ask you something about you ask me whatever you want? OK, a, a couple like issues in OK, paying athletes, paying yeah. athletes in the NCAA. I'm for anything that brings the money down. The, we spend too much time. Why are we spending time worrying about people at the top? I, mean, oh, I just I, don't get this at all. I mean, no, no. Well, we're sick. The society is sick. <laughs> we do not need to worry about the people at the top. But, but, you know, we got tons of problems in our country, you know, and, you know, we have, you know, pe people need to eat. People need to have a house. People need to get educated. People need to get health care. Amen. Amen. And Biden actually has announced that he's going to do a wealth tax. Well, it's about time. That's what I love about the NBA. The, yeah, the NBA sees a problem. They say, let's fix it. Let's change this. That's right why. Now. Why is the NBA so progress, so great in that regard? And why is the NFL so bad? Well, I think it, it comes back to David Stern and what David Stern did in creating the culture. David Stern, and he's a little tiny guy, right? But the, the, the biggest guy of all, David Stern's the most important man in the history of basketball because he, and he never shot a basket at all, but he made a game into a business. And what a business it's become, you know, hugely successful. And, and, and he changed with the times, uh, all the different things that the, the, you know, the NBA is different. He, you know, he had to be talked into the globalization aspect. He had to be talked into the, into the gambling aspect. All progress requires change, but not all change is progress. And so when you, when you make the change, it drives me nuts when you know, when we study the racial history of our country and, oh all, boy. and, 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 all, these, and, and all these people will say, we can never do that. That will be the end of life as we know it. And, and that what will be looking if, at our history. If, if, <laughs> if, we make, if we make this change, if we if, if we allow black people to participate in the world or if we allow women to play sports or if we uh, allow same sex marriage or if we allow people to smoke marijuana or if we allow anything, they'll always tell you that'll never work. And if we did do that, life would end life as we know. But end. and then they give you that when small progress is being made, they will say, well, you're going too fast. You have to make these steps in due time. And that is just ridiculous. And so one of the things that David Stern was just so fantastic about was that he was, he was willing, number one, he was willing to use basketball as a vehicle, as a platform for positive social change. And then he was willing to provide opportunity and inclusion and say, hey, man, we're all in this together. And, and David and his wife, Diane, just absolutely incredible human beings that, that happen to get to the very top. Can you contrast that? Can you contrast that with the NFL? Do you have a perspective on that? You're a sports broadcaster, so I imagine you have some thoughts on that. Yes, I, uh, the NFL is different. And it's, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm glad I'm in basketball. Okay. Because bas basketball is the perfect game. It, it, it never really stops. 
You know, you, you know, they put the ball in the air and it's let's go. Uh, you know, and like one of the beautiful things about playing for John Wooden is that he, he knew it was about players. You know, he, he lived by the mantra that that uh, players make plays, plays don't make players. And so we, in John Wooden's world, uh, we never watched film. He never Isn't used that to amazing. Run. That's amazing. Also, you didn't really have set plays. You he created, no plays. right? He had no plays. He, had, <laughs> he, he never, he never used the blackboard. You know, his job, he, he was the first great player in basketball, and he felt his job as the coach was make to make you the next great basketball player, and he knew how to do that. We only had five or six drills. He invented all the drills, and he never called timeout. He thought timeouts were admissions of defeat that only gave the other team a chance to regroup, and mm -hmm. He never started practice with these words. So what do you guys want to do today? He had a plan. He was the teacher. And, you know, he, he you know, things he did today are, have been proven wrong. You know, the nutritional aspects that we had. We, we were not allowed to drink water during the games. We were not. Really? You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was no towels. There was no talking. There was no chairs. There was no water. It was just like, okay, you know, we're in shape. This game's only going to last for two hours. You'll be fine. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so we learned to drink all our water before the game, you know, before the game started, before the practice started. Our, our games were memorized exhibitions of brilliance, which were slow and, and which were easy compared to what the practices were like. Because he had a second string that was just magnificent. He knew that his greatest ally, the, you know, the greatest weapon, the greatest strength, the greatest power that the coach has is the bench. And he was never afraid to put anybody on the bench. And we knew that. And we believed that. And we were terrified of the guy, even more so of his wife. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you were, okay, number one draft pick, right? Coming out of college. Yeah. And uh, you're a Hall of Famer, of course. Yeah. Uh, where are you in the Pantheon? Where do they put you? Where are you? Are you one of the... I'm a member of the NBA's... Last two all-time teams, the NBA at 50, which was 1997 in Cleveland, and then just this past February, February 18th, not that I remember the date, but I was also <laughs> uh, a, a member of the NBA 75 team. And then just coming up, just after the Final Four, and how cool is it that the NBA celebrating its 75th year this year, and that's exactly how old Kareem is. And Kareem is 75, and we're having a 75th birthday for him coming up uh, right after the Final Four. And it'll be just fantastic. We'll be able to wish the, uh, wish the, the guy happy birthday. Although, when we played against, you know, we're of the era where if they weren't on your team, they were the enemy, man. And we, we were ready to fight. That's what, I, that's what I get out of your book. There was no hugging and kissing with the other team before the games. And there was, there was not this, you know, they didn't have the congratulations line at the end, you know, where the two teams walked by each other. Mm -hmm. so, no, no, that, that, was, that was not the deal then. And that was fine with me. Because, you know, I, I played to win. Bill Russell was my hero, and I was, not, I was not interested in losing and not interested in the other team. But now that we don't play anymore, I mean, we're all friends, and it's right. fine. And, and <laughs> I just, I just hope that, I just hope that when the trash talking starts at Kareem's birthday party, that nobody goes up and slaps the speaker. Man, that's just like I don't really get that. You know, I, I read this fantastic book recently called Robin by D David. Uh, 
it's off. Uh, and it's just a 600-page masterpiece of Robin Williams. And uh, it's just oh. absolutely incredible because I know that you do stand-up and just how right. hard that is and that life. And, you know, it's just, it was just an incredible story of this really brilliant guy, the, you know, the same brilliance that you radiate all the time. Well, there's it. Uh, uh, he was uh, unique and... He, he, he was different. He was like, you like Kareem. He was just different and he was just better. I everything. don't sweat. When I do my thing, I sweat. I sweat. I sweat when I sleep. I, I, I wake up in a full sweat uh, all the time. You know, I, and I just dream all these just absolutely vivid, you know, colorful, wild dreams, and it's just fantastic. And I, I, I love it. And That's it, great. Yeah, and and so uh, you know, I, when do I you was remember reading, your you know, dreams, uh, sometimes uh, okay. when I first wake up, but then I can't reconstruct them you know laurie always describes my mind as being like a slot machine i have a thing i have a thing uh, with uh with my wife where if i i have a dream and uh like a very vivid dream and i say to her i really had this vivid dream you want to hear about it and she says no (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's like every fucking time i go for it you want i had this unbelievable dream you want to hear it no so I have the same situation <laughs> in, in that when I, like I ride my bike, which for me is a dream. It is, that's yeah, where, that's I, I, I ride on the bike. I write. Right. right. I, I construct, you know, when I, whenever I need a new idea, whenever I need a, a new path, a new innovation deal, then I, I go in the weight room first. I go in the weight room every day. And, uh, and I turn the music on, I turn the bike race on the TV, and I just it just get in the space right away. And then, uh, and the same thing with my bike, but the bike is a totally different thing because you, you cannot have any exterior noise other than the cars, which you're dodging on a constant basis. And so I'll get home from my from a bike ride, right? And I'll just be covered with sweat and grease and blood and, and sunscreen and everything. And I'll just come in. I'll be so fired up. I mean, it's just like basically when the Grateful Dead show ends, right? You're so fired up and you're ready to do anything. And you convince yourself that anything is possible, including positive change. And so here I, I, I come in the door, front door and I'll just, I'll look at her with this dazed, crazed look. And I'll say, man, I got an idea. And she'll say, oh, great. And then she'll say, just remember, big boy, I wasn't part of that six-hour one-way conversation that you just had. Go jump in the swimming pool, take a shower, and then we'll talk. <laughs> okay. We sound like we're married to similar women. So Lori's the greatest everything ever in my life. And I mean, she's Well, there we go. That's, that's I, and I never thought. I never thought that I would be happy in love. And, and I never thought that I would be healthy. I never thought I'd be free of pain. Now, my health is limited in that there's things I cannot do, but there's a lot of things I can do. And that's what I focus in on doing. And that's why when I, when I love reading your books about the big fat idiot, when I love reading your books about the, the lies and the lying liars that tell them, when I, read, when I read The Giant in the Senate and when I read The Truth, I just burst out laughing. All the all the different things that you've done in your life, and when you tell the stories, and it's just like I, I'm just sad that I'm not going to be able to catch the currently on tour tour because I yeah, just, well, you're going to be at the uh, at the, the final finals, and, and your son goes to Duke. No, and no, they, no. My son-in-law went to Duke, and went to he's Duke. 
Okay. Yeah, he's and and he's uh, you know he's kind of a nut. Wow. You know. Well, that, that that's called pride. That's called oh. loyalty. That's called loyalty. Oh, oh yeah. yes. So be be happy that he has good that. thing. <laughs> One no, thing he, we didn't get to here, I I tried to get to it, is that when I mentor young people, and you know, I always encourage them find something in your life like the like I have the Grateful Dead in my life because basketball and the Grateful Dead. From the time I first started, I started playing basketball when I was eight. I started with the Grateful Dead when I was 15. And from the very beginning, they gave me hope, opportunity, and purpose. And over the years, now that I'm 69 years old, I've added to hope, opportunity, and purpose. I have added pride, loyalty, and gratitude. Pride, satisfaction with our choices. The satisfaction that I picked up, the big fat idiot book and i roared with laughter the pride that i picked up lies and the lying liars you tell them and i just couldn't believe it. all you have to do is just google this information and you'll find that it's absolutely nonsense and ridiculous please give us a vaccine dr franken and then the giant of the senate and the truth and all this stuff and so the pride the satisfaction with our choices we stand there at the fork in the road this Are is my we, favorite podcast. Are, the, are, we, willing, <laughs> are we willing to stand there at the, at the fork in the road and make the right choice? The right choice that is going to take us to the bright side. It's going to see what love can do. And then the gratitude, the respect, the admiration, the appreciation for the people that went before us. And when we had the NBA 75 celebration, and when you asked about the Pantheon, it's a team. It's a team, and everybody's on the team. There's 75 of us. It's actually 76 because there was a tie in the voting. And so there's 76 guys, and it's just so special. And the thing about it now, it gets better as you keep going. And so when I got home from Cleveland in the NBA 75, I quickly sent Adam Silver, who has taken over magnificently from David Stern, who passed away. And then the guy who took Adam's place, Mark Tatum. I mean, these two guys are just fantastic. And I, I wrote them both. And I just said, hey, man, that was the greatest time ever, NBA 75. I've already put NBA 100 on my list, 2047. Let's get going here. And so uh, you'll only be I'm what, ready. 95, right? 96? I'll, I'll, I'll be 94 then. And, 94. Uh, I'm ready to go. It's on my calendar. You were born in 52 or 53? 52. 52. November 1952. And uh, yeah. just, I'm the second of four children, and I'm the oldest surviving child. And uh, both, of our, both of our parents are gone. And uh, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, though, because Lori's still here, and you still take my calls. Bill, cheer up. I'm happy. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, happy because, I'm happy because I got another chance in my life. When Dr. Garfin fixed my spine. Yeah. And when you, you know, health that, is, a that is, that is the beginning of uh, back from the dead. And I, I, you know what? My producer got me the book and so I love this second, damn thing. Hold on a second. I'm trying to say something here. Well, I know, but uh, I get the, you get, you promoted every one of my books five times. So look, I, <laughs> you're my hero. You stand tall. You stand proud. You know, you you stand up in, in the face of hypocrisy. You stand up in the face of absurd nonsense. And you say, wait a second, <laughs> this cannot be. And we're not going to let this stand. And so the, the lives that we lead, 
we lead a privileged life, privilege in the lives we've had, privilege in the chances that we have in front of us here. Privilege, that carries with it responsibility, duty, and obligation. And so we have to do that same thing, that same creation for other people. Dr. Garfin, his sacrifice in his life, our military personnel who sacrifice everything in their lives so that we can have these privileges here, we owe other people that same opportunity, that same privilege that we just take for granted. And I got to make the most of the time I have because I spent half my adult life in the hospital. I spent my entire adult life never thinking that I would be happily married. And I'm madly in love with my wife, Lori, more so than ever before. And I'm healthy as can be. And I know I'm healthy in that Yes, I can't do a lot of things I would like to do, like go to the Sierra and hike. I, I, I need totally level ground for walking. I don't walk for fun. I walk for function, but I can ride my bike. I can go places on my bike. Mostly, though, I can go places in my mind, and I can read, and I can think, and I can dream. I can hope. I can plan for tomorrow. And as I was planning for today, and I was thinking, Hey, man, I'm going to be able to spend time with Al Franken. I'm going to be able to ricochet through the universe. And I am going to get all this knowledge and all this information and all this confidence and all this healing power that, yes, little Billy with his red hair and his freckles and his big nose and his goofy, nerdy-looking face and his horrendous speech impediment being a lifelong stutterer and being a deadhead, man, I'm going to have a chance. I'm going to have a chance to be a part of something special. I'm part of the currently on tour tour. Here we go. Thank you, Al. I love you. Say hi to Franny. Say hi to the children. Good luck to your Duke team. They're a fantastic team, fantastic program. And Coach K, yep, he's among the best. Thanks, Bill. And I hope to see you soon. Hope to see you soon. I love uh, you. The tour hopefully will start up, but we never know until they announce. We never know until they walk on stage. Let's go. Well, I I hope you enjoyed uh, listening. That beautiful music is by Leo Kotke, the great Leo Kotke. I want to thank Peter Ogburn for producing this podcast. We'll talk again next week. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Al Franken podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Once upon a beat, remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family Podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat. 
the early 2000s was a wild time for reality TV. There seemed to be an endless supply of shows that delivered entertainment for us, but trauma for children. I'm Misha Brown, the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Each week on The Big Flop, comedians join me to chronicle the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? We recently looked behind the scenes of what was really going on at Abby Lee Miller's dance studio. Abby's biggest misstep wasn't screaming nonsensical catchphrases or throwing chairs on television, but instead, she was choreographing financial fraud in plain sight. Join me to break down all the wild details of Abby Lee Miller's story. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Big Flop early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.